is a feeling unique to itself. One of the only feelings like this in the world is when you're just, you're going about your day. Everything is normal. Maybe, maybe you're in, you're in a hurry. You're trying to get somewhere. You're, you're on a, whatever you're doing, you're on your own schedule. And somehow you look up in your rearview mirror and you see those red and blue lights. And there's that feeling right there. It's like, I don't know. I don't care who you are. You see those red and blue lights, your heart skips a beat and you go, ah, but for, for whatever reason you, you have that feeling you pull over. <laughs> I know you guys know what I'm talking about. And I know I have a lot of law enforcement officers that listen to this podcast, but I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about, uh, that's one of the many questions we're going to discuss today. So I have the secret. Evidently, I have the secret on how to get out of a speeding ticket every single time. And I learned that today. There is one way. There's several ways you could try to do it, and you might get lucky with it, like my concealed carry license has worked a lot. Um, but there is one way that you can get out of it every time. Apparently, this is foolproof. So we'll uh, listen to this and see if you agree or if you, if you disagree. I got my good buddy, Bernie. We're going to answer your questions, grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. If you have anything in the world you want to ask, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. could be about any subject, and uh, we're going to hash it out. And I'm going to have different guests on here helping me answer these questions. This is one of my favorites, one of my good buddies, Bernie. He is... Uh, so knowledgeable on so many different subjects, and he's just a good 20-year friend of mine, so one of my best friends. This is episode 75. Welcome to the Granger Smith Podcast. Yee yee. Pleasure to have that back on the podcast, Bernie Calcote. I'm going to keep coming back until so you guys far, just vote me off the island. How far is your drive to get to come here to Yee Farm? Uh, about 35 minutes. All right, so not that's bad. still a while, but it's yeah. still a commitment. This is the second week in a it's row you're going to be it. on here. Yeah, um, people, you're back by popular demand of the people or <laughs> <Yeah>. you? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both, man. You're making you're changing uh, people's lives, answering their questions. Uh, by the way, okay. anything you guys want to ask me or Bernie, Granger Smith Podcast at gmail.com. Could be any kind of question. Could be career related, uh, music related, tour related, work related. Those are like all the same things I just said in a row. Um, relationship related, spiritual related, whatever it might be. Ask anything, and uh, we'll we'll dig into it. Yeah, and if y'all could give us some challenging questions, because these things about like divorce and you know 
struggling with big life death. thing, death, and you know, it's it's not heavy enough. So <laughs> you just yeah. The my one request that I will say on these questions is about a page, about a page like this one I have here. About a page of a phone is a good length. If it gets over that length, like if you if you're asking a question that's like four or five iPhone lengths of material, it's kind of hard. So that's my only request. I've never said that before, but if you can just keep it a little bit more brief, it's easier for me to scan through it and then read it on the podcast. Yep. Short and sweet guys, short and sweet. But, um, as a guest, mm-hmm. um, I would like to take advantage cause I have a couple questions for really Granger. Yep. Um, Interesting. And these are, you know, things I know that y'all are thinking, I'm just going to ask him. Okay. So I know that you are a pretty tame tongue kind of guy, mm-hmm. right? But if there's anything in life, and I'll give you an example of this just so to help you out, give you a second to think. If there's anything in life that will make you curse, what will that be? Um, it's going to be a, a snake. A snake? Yeah, you come up on a rattlesnake. Okay. And what, what is the one that's coming out of your mouth that's like, is it start with an F? Is it a B? Is it a, what, 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 what do we... Um, and is it every time or is sometimes it something different? It's probably going to start with an F, and it's probably going to be <laughs> like if I am whole. If say I'm, we'll just use a scenario of like I'm going to get firewood, right? Okay. Bringing it to the house, yeah. and I pick up that stick, country boy, and there's a big scorpion on the back side of that stick. Mm-hmm. I'm dropping that stick, and there's some stuff coming <laughs> out of my mouth. <laughs> okay, that's good. So just poisonous reptiles. Then it's like, like God, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, what made me think of that is on my drive. Actually, just asked how long it took to drive up here. I was trying to get here quick, and sometimes my foot pushes down a little too far, and I somehow like um, I just can't see the cops until they're like just right there. Mm. If you like scare me or a snake, Leslie, my wife, will tell you like what's coming out of my mouth is, oh gosh, that's my go-to. I'm like, oh gosh, but I'm cruising at like 85 and I'm not paying attention and I see a cop and every time it's, oh, sh- oh, please don't stop me. Please don't stop me. Please don't stop me. <laughs> and 50% of the time it works. And then I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. Oh, your heart starts racing. Yes. And then it's like. Once you don't see him anymore, you think you're out of the woods. But it's like, he can catch up to us like this, you know? So I think once I can't see him, I'm like, okay, I'm good, I'm good. This guy, um, if you were posted on the side of uh, Highway 45 around uh, 9.30 this morning, <laughs> thank you for not pulling me over. I was definitely speeding, definitely deserved it, but I, I thank you for your grace. So. There's there's uh, police officers listening right now that are probably... I, I wonder if they feel the same way. Like if they go on vacation with their family, so they're driving to Florida, they're going to go to Disney world or whatever. And they're from Oklahoma. Do they think that when they're, when they go over a hill on a highway and there's a highway patrol, Florida no. highway patrol. Are you yeah. sure? My dad was a police officer oh, for 35 that, years. That's right. That's Even right. after that, he still carried his badge. So as soon as they come up, Right next to his driver's license is his badge. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was on the force 35 years. Oh, well, I'm just going to give you a warning, Mr. Calco. You just need to slow down. That's so, just an understood language, right? That's I, just I a, guess so. A written, and, unwritten law. 
Yeah, and I don't know if we're like giving away a secret that we're not supposed to talk about it, but uh, no, comment I, below. Yeah, comment below. I, I don't think that my dad was too worried about it, and my mom would even use that like, "Oh, my dad or my husband's gonna be so upset. He's a police officer. He knows not not any speed," and they would just let her go. So. So do they have like back the blue sticker on their back of the car or anything? I have two of them right now. You so. do? Do you really? <laughs> hundred club member. Yeah. So, What's a hundred club member? What does that uh, mean? Hundred, hundred club uh, in the state of Texas. It's uh, it's an organization that supports uh, first responders, so police, fire department, uh, EMS. So we give them money. They give us a sticker, and maybe it gets us out of a ticket. Maybe it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. But we're supporting y'all either that's way. Not that's, why you that's, do not, it, that's not why you do it. That's not why you do it. Supporting, you know, why? the folks that support us. My uh, my golden ticket is my concealed carry license. Okay. And I did I did get a ticket recently. And there was a different story, and it was it had to do with Green Hall, a venue, and the sheriff's department attached to Green Hall. You know who you are. But that that was a different reason. But every other time since I've had my concealed carry license. That has led to a warning. Okay. What about your face? Like, have it, has any, I know it sounds weird, but like, have you ever gotten pulled over and somebody comes up, they're like, oh, they're, or they see your license and they're like, this is Granger Smith. What's weird? Not ever. Never has that happened. But I have had them, well, I'll just say they just keep a poker face because then they come back after they go to their car, they come back and they go, Mr. Smith, just, uh. Do me a favor, just be safe out there. I'm gonna give you a warning. Drive slow. Love your music. Keep doing. What, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> but That's it's like great. poker face all the way yeah. to the end. And you're like, thank you, sir. And maybe it's because they're everybody's on camera now, so they yeah, can't. They, they can't. can't walk up to the car and go, "Oh, dude, it's you." Yeah. So, comment below. All so right. much interesting conversations here about uh, yeah. law enforcement. Yep. I forgot that about your dad. Yeah. Yep. You want to answer a question? Yep. Go for it. This question is from Simon. It says, hey, Granger, my name is Simon. I'm 13 years old. I come from Everson, Pennsylvania. Elverson, excuse me, Pennsylvania. I love your music. I've been working with my uncle on his dairy farm. I enjoy working with the animals. I also started uh, to work in the shop a little bit more. The days I work, in the mornings I get up at 5.30, I read the Bible and pray. Then I normally go down to work for an hour and a half and come back, eat breakfast, then do school until two in the afternoon. Then I go down and milk till six and go home, eat dinner, finishing the schoolwork I have left. Keep in mind, I love this job. I've always had a, a dream of having my own dairy farm. I don't do this every day, but I'm doing school till about uh, four on those days when I don't milk. Weekends, I don't work often, but sometimes it ends up help. I end up helping. I can't really find the time to go out and be doing what I want because it feels like I'm either doing school or I'm not on the schedule right. Uh, I like to ride around on my four-wheeler, which some days is part of my job. I also uh, like working at the house. For instance, me and my older brother and younger brother, um, we've been working on a cabin out on 30 acres in the woods. I also love archery, hunting. How do I manage all of these things with <laughs> first of all? Yeah. yeah. It says, how do I manage all of these things versus my other siblings and family time? What's this kid's name? Simon. 13. Simon. 
He's a mythical character, I'm convinced. <laughs> but if he's not, I'm sending my kids up to stay with you for like mm-hmm. two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable. What 13-year-old? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even work that hard. Like, that's incredible. I, I got kind of speechless. Um, I pulled this question because it was so interesting. And I hope that he's not just like just trying to get attention from us. Yeah. <laughs> but but I don't think he is. Well, if so, he is, it worked. So let's start with the morning. Get up at 530, read Bible and pray. Who does that at 13? Yeah. I did not. I did not. Just confession. I did not. No. Um, so to get to your question, how do I manage all these things? I think the question is good because as this, you know, super teen has shown us, everybody has like a lot going on. And, you know, I think the question can be universal to everybody. How do you balance, you know, all all of the stuff? Is that kind of the question that he's getting to? Yeah, I would say this, Simon. First of all, you say, keep in mind, I love this job. I've always had the dream of having my own dairy farm. Let me say this. You having your own dairy farm one day is not contingent upon how many hours you put in when you're 13 years old. That's that's completely irrelevant. You're you're, you're learning work ethic, which is awesome, but I think you could, I think you could knock out a day or two from the farm, and say knock out Mondays, where you don't go to the farm on Mondays. Those days you just you concentrate on school, and you be a kid. Just have fun, man. Yep. Go go out with your buddies, exploring in the woods. Get get on your uh, four wheeler, like you said. Do a little bit of nothing in the woods on Mondays, or you pick the day. Um, the danger in what you're doing at the age of 13 is you could have a burnout coming, mm-hmm. and you could be you could be 15 and go, man, I've been doing this for two years, and I'm, I ain't getting up at 5:30 anymore. I'm done. Yep. I'm done with this, and that is a little bit of a danger because you're at an age where you're, you haven't developed that kind of discipline yet to stick with that kind of longevity. If you're 30, this whole email would be different. Mm-hmm. If you're 30 years old, you got three kids and a stay-at-home mother, that's a co- totally different conversation. But at 13, I would say, man, back off the schedule. Back off the farm schedule. You can't, you can't get rid of the school and the school work. You got to do that. Um, but back off of the the farm work because surely you're you're not bringing home you're not paying the rent you know for your family um, you're 13 you shouldn't be and that's another problem we should talk about yeah and are you being held on this farm against your will yeah, like email yeah. us if that's the case too because yeah. uh, yeah. just want to make sure you're safe Simon yeah. okay um, you shouldn't you shouldn't be no one should depend on you this is the year 2021 now not 1881. No one should be <laughs> depending on you as a 13 year old to bring home uh, money to pay for anything other than things that you like. Like mm-hmm. y- your money at 13 that you earn should be a learning the value of a dollar and b using that money you earn for extra things that you don't need that you just want. Right. Like a new pair of boots that you really like or a nice 22, whatever. Um, that's what you, but so I just don't want you to get burned out and I don't want you to, you don't, you certainly don't have to impress me and Bernie by saying all this stuff. You don't have to impress us. That's, that's way more than my schedule. I got a lot of stuff going on. Bernie has a lot of stuff going on. That's more than both of us do. Yeah. So 
Um, yeah, may- I think that I also think there's a lot um, as far as owning your own dairy farm in the future. Um, that's probably going to happen if you have experience in a lot of different things. Um, I never, especially at 13, not even like, you know, 23, wanted to be a business owner. But I feel like I moved into that role and it kind of like started to go that way. I, I'm glad that I did a lot of different things that I was able to draw experience from to then help me with what was in front of me. Great point, man. Such a great point. What you could learn from being a dairy farmer, you could do that at 18 or 19 and be done. 25, 26, you could be done. Uh, Right now, it's not pivotal. On Now you need these experiences. You need these life experiences. Diversify your life, if if at all, other than just... You're 13. Just have fun. You're at the end of adolescence. I know you feel like an adult, which is awesome, but you're still at the end of being a kid. So don't leave being a kid so early. Stay there a little bit longer. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Yeah, definitely stay there. It's going to, it's all going to happen really fast. So stay there as long as you can. And for everybody else out there who feels like they're kind of just burning the candle at both ends and they're either working for this or for that. I, I think that there's some truth in everything that Grizz is saying about um, diversifying and having new experiences and just enjoying life. I think that a lot of times we get so caught up in working so hard and burning ourselves out to buy things that we don't need but then we end up just kind of getting into the cycle and I think once you can kind of just gain some perspective and try to find some balance in life. Simon, this is for you, it's for anybody else. Like, I think that we both ha- have talked a lot about trying to find that balance um, you know, in our life of not just work and family, but it's, you know, it, it's everything. It's it's you know, having diversity in your life and being kind of present in this moment and gaining from all of those different experiences to just make yourself a, a more well-rounded person, to be able to enjoy some things. Um, I love my kids to death, but if I had to spend 24-7 with them, waking up at 5.30, and uh, it's like sometimes them getting to experience different things make them miss me and yep. like buy me the same. Yep. And so then we get to enjoy that time back together. I think you'll start to enjoy the dairy farm more if you spend some time riding four-wheelers and uh, whatever else you guys do up there. At and 13. there's something you haven't mentioned yet that you haven't gotten into yet. that's going to throw a monkey wrench in this whole schedule. And that's girls. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as that comes in, then you're in trouble. Cause then yeah. you, your schedule is really going to get messed up. Yeah. And last thing I want to say is when we come close to Elverson, Pennsylvania, I want to swing by, take the tour bus there and get us some uh, milk from you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good um, question. Good story. Brianna says, how do you write a song and what's the process of writing a song? And I answer that question so many times and I feel like I probably can never answer it enough because people still want to know how do you write a song. It's good because you're a songwriter and you're on here too. Mm-hmm. So you're going to give a different perspective. Okay. I've said my typical process is I collect my ideas during the normal a normal day and then when I'm ready to write, I then harvest those ideas. So like, oh, mm-hmm. 
if I hear a title or think of a title, I'll write it in my notes on my phone. Mm-hmm. If I think of a melody or if I mess around with a guitar, I'll hum it into my phone. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm ready to write, which I do in the mornings, I'll get a cup of coffee and I'll try to find the marriage between the right line and the right melody and see if that kick starts something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always start that way, but that's like an average songwriting day. And I haven't written uh, since the new album, but that's an average day when I plan on it. How yeah. about you? Um, well, first, I love that you write in the mornings. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to the podcast from last week with Tyler, which I absolutely loved. Nice. Ty- Tyler is a machine. Um, but you, you had said something in that uh, podcast about um, kind of making decisions and, you know, kind of yes. high, heavy bandwidth stuff being like, you know, waking up early. That's why these people do it early. So you're kind of at your most restored state mentally and physically. Mm. And so I, I love that. Um, and go back and watch that podcast with Tyler if you haven't seen it already. Um, I, I think that Grizz can give a a, a more professional approach because he's a professional and I would be, uh, uh, kind of amateur. Maybe there's some like kind of weekend warrior singer songwriters out there. Um, and that's me and you. Okay. We're, we're, we're having a conversation now. Um, I, for me, I think that it, a lot of times it does start with, um, just sitting down and playing instruments so uh, uh, there's there hasn't been a ton of times where the mm-hmm. lyrics have just kind of jumped out. It's more of I sit down and the piano, like recently, um, I just started kind of playing this progression. And I was like, oh, man, I like that. And then I kind of just start to feel more of the mood of it and let it let it kind of like speak to like an experience. Like, what is this? What are these tones? What are mm-hmm. these vibrations kind of like telling me? And then trying to like pull an experience that matches like, oh, that is going to be really well experienced in these minor to the major. You know, this is going to be, this is more upbeat and like this is going to fit there. And um, from there, the lyrics, I I don't have, uh, I don't give it, I can't say I don't have, I don't give it um, the amount of time that you probably do. Um. Let me just say, because I agree, but at the same time, the difference is I just have to, there's times when I have to write a batch of songs. Yep. And you yep. don't. Yep. And that's awesome Yeah, that you don't. Yeah. Get, sometimes you just have a song that has to come out of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that I've moved into a place where that's more of the case. Um, and so I have the ability to just um, kind of let them slowly progress and come out and like, uh, not, not force it. I'll just, but I will say um, songwriting is a craft mm. and it is a discipline. And the more, just like anything else, the more that you do it, the better that you are going to be at it. Um, I participated, this was a couple of years ago, maybe a few years ago, I participated in um, a, a songwriting experiment uh, called Seven and Seven. Mm. And uh, I know it sounds like a drink, doesn't it? Or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I think it was called Seven and Seven. And basically, you had to write seven songs in seven days. And they could be complete garbage, but you had to start and you had to finish seven songs in seven days. And out of that seven day, I stuck to it. And there's kind of a community of people that were like, hey, let's do this. And, you know, you can post it to SoundCloud and leave the link here. And people can listen. And 
five of those songs were absolute garbage. One of the songs was decent. It was like, oh, okay. One of the songs I still like play whenever I'm sitting and I'm like, man, this kind of like, it wouldn't have come out if I hadn't have gotten to that place. And it actually just flowed. It wasn't like one of those things where, oh, I'll come back to this another time. It was like, no, force yourself, push into these lyrics, like draw it out. And it felt like the lyrics just started coming. So I think there's something to, and I don't know if you kind of do that same thing where, no, it's a discipline and I have to force myself to write and continue to write because for every five bad ones and one mediocre one, there's a great one. And that's what yeah. we were searching for. That's so good. And um, Fish, my guitar player, John Marlin, he he's part of a group. And I don't know if he's still doing it, but for a long time he was part of this group. that They turned in songs like every Monday they would turn in a song. So one a week, which is not nearly seven on seven, seven yeah. on seven. But they would, on Sunday, an email would go out for that that week and it would have the subject matter like this song needs to be this and sometimes it would say it needs to include the word this and the word this well and then seven days later everyone would turn in their rough demo and then they would all listen to each other's it's like accountability wow and like you said some of them are just total crap Mm -hmm. but that wasn't the point the quality was not the point it was training that muscle because it is a muscle and if I, like I haven't written in several months now, if I have a writing trip coming up or I need to write, I'm going to do exercises leading up to it that week to yeah. get my brain into rhyming mode and the mm-hmm. thinking mode. And a lot of that has to do with cutting out devices a certain amount because devices will kill my creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I could do like, for instance, if I'm mowing, mowing is a great lyric uh, creation moment for me mm-hmm. because... I can do nothing when I'm mowing but think. So a lot of like Earl Dibble songs were written while I'm mowing because I could just think of rhymes and funny things and yeah. the way it flows. Yeah. So I have to, you're so right. You have to get that, that part of your brain has to exercise. Mm-hmm. And I don't yeah. know, uh, Brianna, if that's your, the reason you're, maybe you're a writer and that's why you're asking or you're just curious as a listener. But either way, um, it's it's really interesting to think of uh, how to write a song and it's also interesting to think how how easy it actually is to write a song mm-hmm. it seems impossible like even for me right now to think i'm looking at the guitar to think about writing a song today seems impossible but if i actually picked it up and started messing with it one would start coming out mm-hmm. and then in there's always times when i think well, that was it. I think I wrote my last song. I think that was the last one in me. I yeah. think that all the time. Yeah. Do you ever think like, I'm never going to write anything as great as that? All the time. E- everyone. Every album I put out, I go, yeah. I can't not top this yeah. for another album. Yeah. I've said all the ideas in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> That's everything I know. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm, I want this to go on record right now that Grange hasn't... You know, he said he hasn't been writing in a while. He's going to start fairly soon, and I promise you the stuff that is going to come out next is going to be the best stuff that you've heard. So See, stay I don't need tuned. that pressure. Don't... No, there's no pressure. It ain't, it ain't on you, man. I'm just telling you, I believe the best. your best stuff is yet to come. Absolutely. So. Thanks, buddy. We'll next take question. a break. We'll be right back. Yep. <laughs>
podcast is free to you guys, but it costs money for me to make it, so I'm lucky to have a couple sponsors for this. First of all, Ritual. Now, I'm not a big multivitamin guy. I just never have been. I don't really know what's in them. I don't really, I'm not going to just walk into a random Walgreens and buy something and start putting it in my body twice a day because that's what people say I'm supposed to do or that's what it says on the bottle. But I would consider it if it didn't have a bunch of sugars and major allergies and, and synthetic fillers and artificial colorants. So then I find this company called Ritual. And Ritual is a clean, totally vegan-friendly multivitamin that's formulated with high-quality nutrients and bioavailable forms for your body that you could actually use. And it, I quickly learned that taking something like this that's exactly what my body needs is way better than some of these these big brands that are that are marketed so that you take them because they taste good and they make you feel good and I'm not really into that kind of stuff. I want a vitamin to actually work. So here's some some awesome things about why Ritual stands out. It has key ingredients in forms that your body could actually use to help fill gaps in the diet with no shady extras. Ritual's delayed release capsule design delivers high quality nutrients, including vitamin D3 and just two daily pills. Now, you want to know exactly where you get what you're putting in your body, where it comes from. And so Ritual gives you a one-of-a-kind visible supply chain to see and track everything that's in that pill that you're putting in your body with nothing that you don't know or nothing you're not aware of. Why is it super easy? Because they could send it to you. It's a subscription service, and they send it straight to your door with free shipping. So you could start, you could snooze, cancel subscription at any time. If you don't love it in the first month, they'll just refund your order. So it couldn't be easier. You don't even have to leave the house to get it. It's also available for women, men, teens, and it's scientifically developed to help support all these different kinds of life stages exactly when you need them. So... Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Granger to start your ritual today. Podcast is also brought to you by Headspace. And you've heard me and Bernie talk about Headspace in previous episodes. And without even knowing that it was a sponsor of the podcast, Bernie has talked about it. He could vouch for it. He is, no one tells him to say anything about it, but he's naturally using it and I use it too. It's awesome. It's a, it's a, a guided meditation app to get your mind off of the day. Give your, your brain a little bit of a rest so that it just stops that fast paced thinking that just drives you crazy sometimes. This is not a spiritual app. It's not a religious app of any kind. This is about clearing your brain, controlling your breath and focusing on the very present moment. You could do it in one-minute sessions, 10-minute sessions. You could do specific guided sessions in a really easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever your situation, Headspace could really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. And three minutes is super easy. No matter what you're doing in life, you could break away for three minutes and do just a quick little chill out meditation, right? So it could help you fall asleep. It has a special a special program for that, many of them actually. And you could even do it with your kids. Its approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. 
And that's what I use it for. I use it for usually in the mornings when I wake up, I, I like to have a little segment of my morning that's built just for calm, you know, instead of thinking about planning and thinking and devising my goals, you know, instead of all that, that comes later. But when I first start, I just want to be able to breathe, you know, let my heartbeat breathe for a little bit. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. It's easy to build a life-changing meditation practice that's super perfect for your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash Granger. That's headspace.com slash Granger for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations of every kind of situation. So this is the best deal offered right now. Go to headspace.com slash Granger today. All right, next question. You ready for this one? Yep. This is this is a question here. It's very, very, very short. It says, hey, Granger, I love your content and your music and listen to your podcast all the time. But, there's always a but. This guy Bernie's come on and... Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. Sorry, go ahead. But, when you said God has complete control, does that mean that you yourself make no choices or God makes all your decisions. So yeah, we just went to the deep end guys. (laughs) Let me read that again. When you said God has complete control, does that mean that you yourself make no choices and God makes all your decisions? That's from Sawyer. Thank you, Sawyer. Yeah, thanks for listening and drawing those kind of questions out of, like, listening, you know, as intently to draw those kind of questions out and wanting to go deeper. That's good. So this is a question of a word called sovereignty, which means sovereignty basically means all-controlling, all-knowing, all-being. Um, and I want to say before we even start this question, because this is a very debated topic if you're wavering in your faith at all don't let this topic be a breaking point for you because it's not as important as other questions sure in the bible it's more of a theological conversation it's don't get me wrong it's important as a fundamental backbone of knowing that God is in control. But it's if it becomes a breaking point in your mind, or like, I just cannot understand that, therefore I no longer believe, then, then stop, just fast forward through this, this part. But I, didn't, I usually, I was in the mood this morning when I knew you are coming, I was in the mood to answer this. Mm-hmm. And so this question came in November, last November, 2020. And sometimes I'm just not in the mood to answer this question. Sure. Yeah. Because it's so simple yet so complicated for humans. And the reason I say that is because it's like, we can't comprehend the methods of God. We can't begin to understand that. And the, the Bible says 
thousands of times that God's in control. He's sovereign. He is, he is the creator. He is in control. So then your first question is, well, then what's the point? If God's in control, it, and, and part of that control means he, not, he has a plan and he is executing that plan through human beings. And there is a beginning and there is an end uh, on earth of that plan. So everything in between leads to that. So then you think, well, what's the point? Who cares? I'm in the matrix. This doesn't matter <laughs> anymore. I'm a puppet. I might as well do nothing. Those are like natural reactions to, to a mm-hmm. lot of people. Mm-hmm. Unless you've actually dug in, studied this type of stuff. So. I like to think of it this way. To answer your question, you said God has complete control. Does that mean you yourself make no choices? I like to think of it this way. No, absolutely not. We make choices. I make choices every day. I'm going to pick up this cup. I'm going to drink it. If God didn't want me to, does he have the power to stop me from doing it? Absolutely. But I have the choice to do it. I'm doing it right now. I'm picking up this cup. Here's the crazy thing is. God already knew I was going to do that. He already knew I was going to pick it up. It didn't, nothing surprises him. If, if you think of it this way, if you believe in God and you believe in the, the, the power of almighty creator of the universe, you think you're going to surprise him? Do you think you're going to do something tonight that catches him off guard and he has to scramble to change a plan in his giant web of a plan? That he has to go and scramble to redirect something because of an accident caught him off guard or it's something you did or said changed. Now, we said this on the last pod, last podcast and a, and a great reference is Joseph in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. When he's talking to his brothers and this is coming years and years after his brothers sold him off, abandoned mm-hmm. him, got rid of him. He goes and right, comes up to power in Egypt, becomes the prime minister of Egypt, best friends with the Pharaoh, gets all this power, and he comes back, and his brothers see him, and they're like, oh, no, mm-hmm. we screwed up. We mm-hmm. thought we got rid of him. He actually came into power. Now he's in charge of us. And he said, say it, Burns. Well, you said in the last podcast. You meant this. Oh, what you, oh, yeah, okay. You uh, what meant you meant for the, evil. Yes. God intended for good. Yeah. So they made a choice. Mm-hmm. They made a choice to exile their brother. And these, these kind of stories, there's a lot of them. There's hundreds <clears> of them. <throat> they made a choice. That was their decision. They exiled their brother. They kicked him out of the family. They meant it for evil. Mm-hmm. And so many times our heart, our intentions are evil-based. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how bad or twisted or weird it is, everything God ends up framing for good. Mm-hmm. And it might take, it might take in, in many cases, generations past you where you don't even see it. But you can either look at it for you listeners, look at it in one of two ways. Either there, there is a God that created this universe and he's in control of everything or there's just not, I prefer, I prefer to think there's just not mm-hmm. if there's, instead of thinking that there's a weak God up there, mm-hmm. 
that's just just not in control, not knowing, not understanding, not in communication. I prefer to think there's just not one. Yeah. Yeah, this is a lot to unpack. And uh, my mind's kind of going a lot of different places. Um, but, dude, but let's, you let, could always bring something like let, this home. Let's start with the, the verse you just quoted about um, God works all things together for good, for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Okay, we could spend like all day there, which we won't. But, um, you know, that... Um, that verse who love him and are called according to his purpose, we could divert there, but we're not going to, I think the point I wanted to make is, um, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're maybe like, faith is not my thing. I just, I'm going to fast forward past this. I don't really, I'm not really interested. Yep. Let me just tell you, you have faith, you have faith in something. So stay with us. Mm. Um, it you, takes a leap of faith to not believe what we're saying. That, that's that's right. Like and and so I would I would push you to dive deeper into what your faith is in. It could be just in I have faith in myself and that I'm the captain of my universe and this is the way my world and understanding of life and power and love works. Um and that is where you are right now, and that is that's okay. Um, but don't dismiss the conversation. Don't disengage from the conversation because the faith l- may look a little different and ask different questions and, and have a different package or um, context than what you're comfortable with or what you're used to. Because there's something here for you if you're willing. So please just join us. Um the, the next part of this is to understand that uh, my brother used to always remind me that God is, you know, you think of sovereign, it's like his sovereignty, mm-hmm. his power. You know, it's like we think of like his, Zeus. He, he, he's powerful, he's all powerful, like you said, and he's all knowing, but he is also all loving. Mm. And so think about like, you know, the question that you're asking about, like, is there a choice? Do we have a choice? In a loving relationship, there's, it, it, it really is. God is inviting, he's pursuing us. Even when we're not pursuing him, he's pursuing us. And so through these, the, through his plan, through this, like, you know, canvas that he's drawing this, he's, he's an artist. He's creating this thing of, the world and, and, and life and your life and our lives. And it's saying something. And a lot of that is not just formed in his all powerfulness, his all knowingness, but also his all lovingness. Like he is love. It's the essence. So we cannot lose that in these discussions of sovereignty and, and, and control and, and, calling because it's very much, you know, tied into that. Um, you can, you know, think similarly to, um, just any relationship, you know, with your son or with, you know, somebody like how, what are the dynamics of those, you know, relationships? Um, it's not, you know, like I'm going to dictate what you do and I'm going to, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, 
he, that's a different kind of control. Yeah. He, he knows that all joy, all satisfaction, all pleasure is found in him, in him alone. And so what he's inviting us into is like, hey, I am sovereign over all of this stuff, okay? I have this plan. I wrote the works that you're supposed to walk into before the foundation of the world. Hmm. And I just want to walk with you in them because I want to be near you. I want to love you and be loved by you and for you to experience joy the best that you possibly can. And the way that you do that is walking with me and trusting in my sovereignty. So we were plagued with this, this thing of sin. And, and sin can look a few different ways. Um, there's habitual sin, but then there's like this intrinsic natural sin that we're born with that is people say like, oh, the devil, you know, is like tempting me. And it's like, the devil's not tempting you. Like our sinful nature that's in us is constantly going to try to get us to question the sovereignty of God, which is back to the garden. What did they do? They questioned the sovereignty of God. Mm -hmm. Does he really love us? Is he really giving everything to us? Um, Should we really trust him? Those are thoughts that we all still have now, even in light of his sovereignty. It's nothing new for him, but he wants to walk with us. He, he wants, he, he sent the sacrifice for that so that we could be restored to that relationship. And I, I know that there's, like I said, there's a lot to unpack with a question like this. So I, I want to make sure that we're staying close to the question of sovereignty and control and choices. Um, but uh, what was this person's name? Sawyer. Yeah. Um, if you are listening to Granger's podcast and you're you're listening so intently to draw questions out like this, um, I think that you probably could be someone that would want to continue to just dig into that word and research that word and hear commentary on that word. Um, I think that there's a lot that is to be learned. Like Chris said, I think that we always have to approach these things with, there is a sense of mystery to God and to life. And we can't, um, we're just not going to know everything. And so like take with what's in front of you in this moment and don't, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say, just like start to like dig into these questions. He says, does God make all your decisions? No, he doesn't, but he knows what you're going to choose. I can't explain. It says in the Bible, how could the clay question the potter? We're just the clay. I don't know why that is it is, but I'm sure glad it is, you know? I'm really glad it is. Now, I wanted to say, I've been wanting to say this. I've been wanting to use this little line for a long time on this podcast, and I finally get to say it. But if there's any of you that are going, but why Why even believe that stuff? Like, why even believe the Bible? I'm not going to tell you because I just believe, or I have faith, or I was brought up this way, or because I have an inner interchange with it. I'm not going to tell you that. This is what this is my answer to to that skeptic. I'm going to say, 
because the Bible is a collection of reliable historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses that claim supernatural events that fulfilled specific prophecies that were claimed to be divine in nature and not by human origin, written by over 40 authors over the span of 1,700 years into 66 different volumes. It is the most reliable collection of ancient documents in human history. Way above... Aristotle or Homer's Iliad or any of this is history. So if you want to ask me first why I believe, I'm going to go there because I'm a, I'm a history major. So I'm just talking, I'm talking straight facts. If you want to, if you're a skeptic, and I love this, if you're a skeptic, don't take anybody's word for it just because they say they believe in their heart. Don't, don't, don't accept that. Do your own, do research on the historical aspects, especially of Jesus and the crucifixion and the resurrection. And then come back and tell me what you find. Try your hardest to prove historically that the crucifixion and the resurrection did not happen. And then come back. Because here's a side note. It's never, no one has ever been able to historically proved that it didn't happen. And most of the people that have tried, what's happened? <laughs> they started believing. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Because they're like, man, I can't, it's never been proven. Yeah. And, and this goes back to what Bernie said. So if, so if you don't believe that is a massive leap of faith to not believe mm-hmm. because the evidence and over 500 eyewitnesses are there and written for us to read from 2,000-year-old documents and Roman government records. So um, take that word for it. Not mine or not Bernie's just yeah. because we say. Um, so then once you believe at that point, then you go into the Word and you go, it says God is sovereign. God is in control. So then you, you keep going backwards until you go, okay, here we are. This is why I believe. I love that. Yeah. It's great, man. I think you need to add that paragraph that you just quoted. Like you had it like right there ready to to go, man. You need to put that in the comment section of this or text it to me or something. That was amazing. It came from Vody. Okay. (laughs) Nice. Vody Bauckham. He's Uh, an amazing, amazing dude. I need to read that a few times. I'll send you the video. There's a video by Vody Bauckham and it's, uh, V-O-D-D-I-E-B-A-C-H-A-M, I think. Um, so he's an amazing evangelist from uh, South Central L.A. And he is, uh, he's got this video on YouTube and it's called, I think it's called Why I Believe the Bible. It's mm, good. And, and the first thing he does is throw out the myths that that when you say, I just... I believe because that's how I was raised. Or I believe because there's been an interchange in me. That doesn't mean anything to anyone else. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, you have an interchange. Yeah. But that doesn't mean anything to the person you're talking to. Yeah. And it's not going to convince them anymore that right. you've had a change, a spiritual right. you know. Um, but, but in contrast to other religions, the other religions of 
a dude I fell asleep by a tree and had a dream and then wrote, you know, or mm-hmm. it's like, th- this is very different. We're talking about 40 different authors over 1700 years and mm-hmm. historical, reliable documents collected together, unchanged because you hear King James and you hear these translations. That's not because the King James was translated and then the ESV was taken from the King James and then the NIV came from that and one dude decided to write this. No, guys, we're talking about people, massive groups of a hundred scholars getting together and going back to the original Greek, which the oldest Greek New Testament we have, we have 6,000 of them, the originals, from within only a few decades of when John and these guys wrote them with their own hands. 6,000 documents of these. So when you hear of a, a translation, they're going back to the Greek and they're taking that with a hundred different scholars and they're taking word for word and translating it to whatever language you're... So, so anyway, yeah. there's this misconception of, wasn't that just like some old monks that, that right. got the word and they just made it the way they wanted right. it to yeah, sound yeah, yeah. because they wanted control of the government or right. whatever. So right. continue to, uh, to to challenge yourself to try to debunk these yourself. Yeah. It's a crazy rabbit hole. So I, I just thought of something, though, as you're talking. Ask me that, that question one more time, and then we'll move on to the next question. Ask me Sawyer's question one more time. I just archived it. Let me go back to that. I think his question was her. It was. Yeah, it could be her. Her, yeah. Um, it says, "Do you?" when you said yeah. God has complete control, does that mean that you yourself make no choices and God makes all of your decisions? Okay. So here, here's what I start to think of. Whenever you have a choice to make that's really important or how your day is going to go, um, I know for both of us, there with the majority of our lives, we have found a place that we find the most, I mean, we just talked about the word, right? Mm. About the Bible, the reliability, mm. the faithfulness of it, the, the God spoken nature of it. When I have to make a choice, that's where I'm going to help me make the choice. Yep. Yep. So I think the answer, Sawyer, is actually both. I yep. think that I am making the decision, but I want God to make the decision through his word, through me. Because that's where I find the most joy and the most contentment and the most happiness yep. is this is not my life. If, it, if I was making the choice, I would have probably sold this business and taken all this money and like done this and this. It's like, this is not my life. Like, yeah. And there's so much freedom and 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 joy in him making the decisions for me through his word. So it's like that's where we go. Is he making the choices? Is he making the decisions? I damn sure hope so. Thank God. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because I don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Just a, a final word on that. That's I think a great that, point, man. I think that it it's 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 both. It's a great point. Um, his yoke is light. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy. So that's, that's, yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I cannot believe we we literally burned up this whole section um, on this question. Okay, and understandably, yeah, it was it was a deal. There's a lot to unpack. I'm I'm 
I'm interested in Sawyer's response, and I'm probably a little bit more interested in the in the people that are like, I don't believe any of this, mm-hmm. because I, I know that there's a lot of people that are going to be like, Amen, brother, Amen, yes, yes, sure. yes. And maybe we didn't even say it right, and maybe mm-hmm. there's some screaming, you know, answers that we should have given that didn't that we'll think of later as soon as we turn off the. Mm-hmm. The podcast, but I'm more interested in the people that are like, I don't believe any of that. I'm in control of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm running the ship. Whatever I do, my fate lies with me and me alone. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. It's an interesting thought. And there's a lot of people that uh, that have always believed that and still believe it today. Um, and I, I love how you said it's a, it takes faith. <laughs> it takes faith either way. Yeah, absolutely. It takes a massive leap of faith to think you're in control. And it takes a massive leap of faith to think God's in control. Yep. I'd love for you guys to engage uh, and, and send comments on this this topic, especially the folks that Granger's talking about that may not believe the same. Because uh, believe it or not, I feel like we have things to learn about our faith by your experience and your response and, and the way that you're seeing things. Um, as, as well as the others, um, I, I think that this stuff can be real heavy and it's like hard mentally. We just want to mm. say, oh, well, I just believe, but not mm. actually take yep. the time to be able to quote out of memory, out the holster, what <laughs> Granger just quoted and like know, and actually know things. Like, I don't think the faith that God is calling us to is um, not founded in information and in historical events and, um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot there and I try and I, I fall, I probably need to push myself more to like, okay, you believe that, but why do you believe that? And where did you, where'd you hear that? And where'd you find that? And so now you, know, you could say, because I believe the Bible, because it's a reliable source of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the course of other eyewitnesses that claimed supernatural events that fulfilled specific prophecies that claimed to be divine in nature and not by human origin. Let's end with that. Yep. See you guys. Love you. Yee yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.